0: Hello, welcome back to my Summer Quickie series. Today, I wanted to revisit a clip from Melanie Gao, the brilliant mind behind my TED Talk last year. And I wanted to bring this clip back because I think there is so much talk about story. What's your story? You need to have a good story for your brand. What's your brand story? Blah, blah, blah. And I don't think a lot of people really understand what that means, at least not at the level that Melanie does. She is so good at cutting through the BS and getting to the core and the heart of what somebody's story is, what where they came from and how that has shaped who they are and how they see the world. And that is part of her process as it relates to helping people develop the talk of a lifetime. So what I hope to do with this clip is to inspire you to think about what other stories you have inside you from your past that have shaped who you are and how can that be brought out to bring more color and depth to your brand and your brand story. So buckle up, here we go. That
1: is why I think I'm a different type of TED coach. First of all, my absolute intention is to find that person's story. And I come from the creative world. I come from acting initially and directing. And the core of acting is empathy. It is probably the most Mm -hmm. empathetic profession in the world. You have to climb inside a character's head. You have to know it. And often they are the baddie or the sidekick or the, I don't know, all sorts of people you're not. So, you know, first of all, you have, I have that experience of the power of empathy and the power of being in somebody's essence. And then I've traveled. And one of the things that was very key to the way I think about the world happened when I was about seven, I was sent to boarding school. I come from Kenya, East Africa. Of course, it was a missionary school. It was a Christian union school. And they have these things on Sundays where you attend a Christian, little Christian union service, and they have these little books. And the books tell these amazing stories of people that part waters or or quell, you know, storms at sea. And there's this dude called Jesus and he walks on water. And these stories were very exciting. But you only got the book if you attended seven times. And then you got a book every seven times you attended. So I loved these. I was there for the books. I loved the stories. I read them to my teddy bears under the bed covers when I was at school at nighttime. And one day I was pulled aside by the leader of the scripture union and he sat me down and he said, "Ah, Melanie, I just want to ask you a very serious question. Do you actually believe in God or do you just like the books? And honestly, my little brain just went, a belief in God is optional? Huh, I have no idea. I thought I believed in God. I'm doing everything everyone else around me is doing. But you're telling me I don't have to believe in God? People don't believe in God? Oh, my God. That is fascinating. And I literally, ma- you know, since then, just dived in people's belief systems. I I, I married a Jewish man. I then married a Christian man. You know, Church of England, I I dabbled in Buddhism. I know about the Ayurvedic world, the aboriginal belief system, of course I was African, so I was growing up around witch doctors. And I just became really, really, really infused with how beliefs shape us. And so when I see somebody and they tell me that, for example, they they were offered an opportunity to go to the Amazon exam, the Amazon forest and nearly turned it down because they believed they might miss the second coming of Jesus. I just hear that because I know how strong beliefs are and it doesn't in any way get me to judge them and I don't try to make them be quiet about it I'm just there like so what did we learn so what did we learn and that's the core of why I work with somebody differently Mm. first of all I can empathize and secondly this sort of pantheistic experience of the world and that literally we are created by our beliefs and our values and they're created in the snap of fingers and they take a long time to unpick but they can change in a moment and so when somebody tells me a story i get where they come from and it's 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 a context and all stories exist within context and all our stories are are ours and we're created by our life and we wouldn't never have an idea worth sharing if we didn't have all of this source information. So, the source information is valid and, and important and truthful, no matter what.
0: So, I was going through your process. Obviously, I wasn't thinking about your process, I was just talking and answering your questions. What's going on on your side? What are you looking for? I mean, you basically asked me to tell you tons of stories. What what, what were you doing with that? Tell me a little bit more about how you process that and how that became the talk, because I wasn't paying attention. I was too busy thinking about my stories <laughs> to, to know.
1: <laughs> so the the fascinating thing is, is that it's created in conversation. Mm-hmm. It is an exchange and you know there is that there's there's a scientific basis for it all but it's essentially energy patterning it's watching you speak and you, you there's a physiology that changes when the when the mind goes from the story it's running that it knows and the story that informs it that it's unaware of and you can see the physiology changing you can hear the tonology in somebody's voice falter as it flips into something it just isn't quite sure of and that's when you know that you've got a thread and essentially you know an idea can take flight over an entire city you just need to sort of pull the thread and create it into something i mean that's how we got to the moon for goodness sakes so what we're doing here is catching the tail of something that's just you know disappearing and or just emerging and you you catch it and you're just pulling it and you have to just keep on that thread and it will take you somewhere if you pay attention it will it will it'll move it'll move as it falls into place with you or it, or, it'll, or it goes into more confusion it's trusting that in the confusion is the truth because we have a tape that's running the show we have a story that's running the show and it can't change whilst ever it thinks. It's in charge, or it is running the show. So you've got to wait for the story to sort of falter and doubt itself, and then it creates enough space for what's underneath to come up. So when I'm listening, it's it, you know on a just on a really basic biology level, I'm watching, listening, and um, feeling kinetically because those are all symptoms of of what we're telling, traveling through our bodies and in our voices. On an energetic level, there's, there's definitely occasions when, more often than not, when somebody is holding an image in their head or a videotape, a film that they're running in their mind map outside their head, that I can catch a glimpse of, and th- the, you know that's that's it. That's an there's a you know there's interesting science around that, and I don't bother needing to know it exactly why it works, but it does. And the important thing about finding that, working that hard with somebody, is that you're actually putting them up on stage with their, with their message for the world, and not just a template of standing on a stage and delivering a presentation. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, it's when some, often what do I wear comes up or something like that. And we're all so used to turning up at an office or a job in our uniforms and there's a way to look and there's a way that may be an expectation that any kind of presentation or professional setting or a TED stage requires you to look a certain way And actually, it's about unpicking everything that our culture has taught us Mm. to see if it's really yours. I did make a film. And one of the things, I filmed it a bit of it in Los Angeles. It was set in Los Angeles, but we made it in a studio in the UK. And then we cheated that by filming outside in Los Angeles. And we were driving around. And in Los Angeles, there's walls with huge murals on it. And there's... There was one absolutely huge mural that basically said, Where do your beliefs come from? And then just listed things like, you know, God, society, or your mother, you know, your coffee shop advert, and things like that. And that's whenever I think of things, I think that's what I'm really looking at.
0: Mm. You, you know, as you explain this, I'm realizing how that process is something that I have in different ways with different therapist coaches programs have tried to do to fix things in my life right that's right. when you have challenges in your life you try to find the core belief so you can decide yes. if you really want it and you realize that you have these stories and beliefs that you got somewhere and maybe they're not serving you and I never even considered the idea that that process would also be how you share who you are in a transformational way or communicate it to other people because I've only seen it in the context of, here's a belief that I want to change because it's not serving me. (laughs) And and that's the first time you've explained it where I'm seeing it as the other side of the coin and how it can be wielded in such a positive way. I guess until just now, I thought that those beliefs only associated them with the negative the and of course
1: everything yeah. is both sides of isn't course. it everything of is course. like duality as above so below it you know i'll tell you why one of the one of the flip cases for me was uh, you know i have a rescuer pattern you know <laughs> i like to rescue people mm. and until i could flip it into actually elevate people so i can either rescue people from their you know uh, dark parts, or I can bring them to their light parts. And it mm. was when I flipped that, and it's just literally the other side, that I actually started to be able to work really effectively and obviously no longer have that kind of boyfriend.
0: Right. <laughs> I know some people with those patterns. Yeah, that's, a, that's an easy one to spot from the outside. Right. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> but instead, oh, uh, and that's my point was sort of that, you know, instead of just trying to stop being a rescuer.
0: Right. You have to replace it with
1: something. I had to replace it with something. Mm -hmm. And that
0: makes me really good at what I do. I can't believe how short that clip was. Melanie and I talked for like three hours for the episode that we did last year. If you want to hear, it's condensed. If you want to hear the full episode with Melanie, you can go scroll back to episode 23 and... I know you will be inspired to think about your story and how you present who you are to the world in a completely different way. That's all I have for you today. Hope you're enjoying a relaxing summer. Taking time to relax and recharge is definitely one way to show your business Who's Boss. Show Your Business Who's Boss is produced by Yellow House Media. Production coordinator is Lou Blazer. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. Creative direction by Steve Wastervall. Our theme music is Glass Prisms by Western Runners.